Welcome to episode 12 of the Been There, Lost Fat podcast, real education and advice from people who get it. We have been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We're here to help you eat through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fucinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me. Here with my assistant coach and certified nutritionist, Jess Valoy. What's up, girl? Hey. <laughs> and then today's guest is a little bit different from our previous guests. Um, he's played an integral role in me leveling up from being a good coach to being a great coach, which is why I call him my sensei. Welcome to the podcast, Jeff. Thank you for having me, guys. <laughs> um, I had to, we like needed to have a couple of warm up podcasts because I was like, all right, once Jeff is on the podcast, this is like, this is getting very real. So hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we have our shit together enough to uh, live up to your, to your expectations here. Okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Jeff is truly a wealth of knowledge. He has, we linked up, I don't know. Wait, this is so funny. We linked up like exactly three years ago because my time hop showed like a screenshot of when I was on your podcast. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. And it came up like a couple of days ago and I was like, oh, this is such, such perfect timing. Um, so it all started being a guest on the Excellence Cartel to talk about my journey and my coaching with Jason. Um, and then I just kept like bothering me with questions. And then I was like, I should probably pay this guy. So <laughs> Jeff has been my mentor for three years now and will continue to be as long as he'll have me. Um, but I'd like for you to introduce yourself kind of like what, where, where, where you're from, who you are, what kind of led you to doing what you do? Yeah, sure. Well, my name is Jeffrey Sue. I reside up here in Massachusetts um been online coaching since 2012 2013 so we'll call it about 10 years i focus mainly on helping the general population although i have led several successful contest preps i just love working with gen pop um you know i work with a lot of women on health issues like endometriosis pmdd various thyroid issues digestion gut issues things like that so um, it's definitely been a, a learning experience um, over the years, always getting better. And there's always something to improve on as coaches. So, yeah. Um, well, you've kind of been like my secret weapon because <laughs> you've helped me just kind of on the education side, learning, applying principles, becoming a more effective coach, focusing on the mm -hmm. things that matter, not getting caught in the weeds with stuff. Um, and I think yeah. that's what's really leveled up my game. And I know that you have, um, I don't know if I was like one of your first people that you mentored or how that all worked out, but like how, yeah. how does your mentorship program work? And, and I know it's evolved too, since we started. So, so what is it, what's it look like now? Yeah, it certainly evolves. Um, you were, I think probably like, one or two, the first or the second, maybe. Um, Juan Dolgowski, um, she was an early mentee of mine as well. But what I do on the mentorship side, you know, I have my coaching side, of course, but the mentorship side, I help coaches of varying levels of experience with technical analysis. That's what I call it. So, technical analysis, meaning, um, you know, the client side, analyzing cases, coming up with strategy and stuff like that. And then there's the business side where we work on social media and budgeting and forecasting and taxation and all the, the back end operating stuff that a lot of coaches may not have formal education in. And of course, being an online coach is a business. So you need to learn how to run a business effectively. Um, so those are the two sides that I focus on in mentoring. 
I wish that I um, met you more a little bit earlier on for the business stuff. You and I talk more science stuff. I mean, like basically you answer whatever question that I have, which is yeah. awesome. <laughs> he's just like, he's my Sue Cyclopedia. That's yeah. what I'm going to call it. <laughs> exactly. Anything you want to know. Yes. <laughs> um, and I do. Sometimes I text him at six o'clock in the morning and I'm like, well, what the fuck am I supposed yeah. to do right now? Um, but what I think is so special about you is that you are really, you really are like very straight to the point. Um, I do wish that I had you earlier on in business business because I learned very much so like trial by fire. Um, I did like I had a horse business in my early 20s. So I like got a little bit my feet wet there. Um, But this is a whole different ballgame in the online space and dealing with everything. So I think it's so cool that you're doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. But being that you talk to you coach coaches and you coach clients. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought it would be really fun for us to talk today about like kind of optimizing the experience on both ends. Um, And, and because I think that there's, you know, you can sign up for a health coach and you, or or you can be a health coach and it can be the best thing ever, or it can be just, you know, falling to pieces. (laughs) But I think that there are definitely things that we can hone in on that, like that make or break and define a successful experience of both ends. Mm -hmm. So do you want to talk about coaches or clients first? (laughs) Um, I think I'll start with, you know, basically, you know, letting people know that there is no difference in terms of coaching coaches and coaching clients, you know, coaching someone to be successful in a business is really no different than coaching someone successfully to lose, you know, 40, 50 pounds. Um, The mindset shifts and the, you know, the habit shedding and the habit building, those are all the same people get in their own way um and people have years and years of you know self-doubt and and poor coping mechanisms that pile up and that's why it manifests in being 50 pounds overweight or being fifty thousand dollars in debt not knowing you know how to run your business um humans are you know by and large the same you know we all have our own like you know little like ticks and you know weak points and strong points and as as a coach it's just you know our job to identify what we can bring out the best you know where we can bring the best out in people and you know shore up the the opportunities or the weak spots Mm -hmm. well back up a step there like so we the only reason that we become coaches is because we've had our own issues right Mm -hmm. so what was your kind of because your health journey is going to be different from anybody else that we've had so far so what was your journey and what like has coaching done for you along the way yeah, I, I think, you know, everyone, you know, starts off, you know, I don't think anybody gets into fitness because they were brought up like all happy and stuff. I think we all had some sort of deficit, some deficiency, some insecurity um, that led us to wanting to be strong and wanting to show people that we could do this or that we're better than. And, you know, that is sort of like a early coping mechanism, at least it was for me. Um, until other parts of my life started to come together so that I no longer needed to focus as much on the physique. But over the years, you know, I've sort of transferred my focus on, you know, my insecurities to the focus on bodybuilding and being, you know, big or whatever and being lean and shifting that now into business and and helping others. So Mm -hmm. the, the places where I've found value in myself have shifted as I've grown older, if that makes sense. Totally. Um, and was Jason, Jason has been like your only coach, original coach? Yeah, Jason Theobald of Scooby Prep, 
I would call him my mentor because I was his first, you know, or third client, you know, much like. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I was one of his first few clients back in like 2008. We first linked up. So I've known him for a very, very long time. And just through, you know, daily communication, that was mentoring, you know, because I absorbed everything I could from him. And my business to this day, I say it all the time, is largely modeled after how he ran his in the earlier years before his business grew to the level it is at now. I mean, that's literally how I got started too, is I signed up with Jason. And for me, it was a very like knowledge of power situation. The work ethic was there. I already had that piece locked down, but I just had no fucking idea what I was doing. I was like... When I started with him, I was eating 800 calories, strength for an hour, cardio for an hour, six days a week. And I was like, why am I not hot? What is happening right now? <laughs> why am I not hot? That's a great way to put it. <laughs> <laughs> Such bullshit. And Jess had a similar experience and I'll let her speak on that of like kind of, you know, how how coaching was like, oh, like just, you know, pulling the wool off her eyes. For sure. For sure. Yeah. I, you know, similar to Sarah, I, you know, came in trying to, you know, do the the bariatric basics, you know eating as little as possible and, you know, trying to, you know, do a little bit of exercise and wondering why things weren't happening and found Sarah and, and saw the light and, you know, decided, you know, this is, this is maybe something that I could do for other people. You know, I, I, I like talking to people about it. I like educating people about it. And so it's kind of similar, started with her as my coach and then kind of found like, you know, this, this could be something that I, I could like enjoy doing, you know, and I'd never looked at um, finding a job that I liked because I liked it. It was always, you know, like, let me find something that I can do to make a decent amount of money so that I can, you know, pay my bills and have a decent, decent lifestyle. I never like sought out, you know, work for, for enjoyment, but that is, that is definitely what this is for me. Yeah. That's good. I think that's a, a, you know, I was planning on talking about clients first on what they can do. But I think it's a perfect segue because whenever anybody comes to me and they're like, I, I love what you do. Like, well, how do I do it? The first thing you need to do is you need to be a client. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. you're like, have you ever been coached before? That's usually the first question I ask. Have you ever been coached before? <laughs> yeah. And, and on the client side, you know, I think it starts with really understanding your why, like, why do you even want to hire a coach? Why do you want to lose 50 pounds? What do you think that's going to give you? You know, why do you want to enter an online coaching space that is super saturated and extremely hard to stand out in? Do you really want to fight that battle? You know, it might be easier to just stick to your six figure nine to five. You know, why do you want to do this? And it's, you know, that's where I start, at least like with the mentees. Or with clients, even I interview them, you know, in the intake calls, and I'll just ask them these questions and try to pick at, you know, their their deeper uh, motivations. Yeah. Um, well, I think it's so interesting because, like, I know that when I signed up for coaching, it was it was like a last ditch effort. I literally said to Jason, "I was like, I have done everything. This is the last thing I'm going to do. Everything that you tell me to the best of my ability." And I, I like went into debt, like buying supplements and stuff, and I don't regret it at all. Honestly, mm-hmm. it was like it was so worth it for me. I didn't go on vacation. I didn't go out to eat. Like this was the thing that I dumped all my fucking money and time into. And it's yeah. the best investment I ever ever made. Um, but 
I, I thought that he was going to teach me how to eat less and work out more. And I like, I really had no idea. And so I think that that is something that is missing when people sign up is that they just don't know like exactly what it's going to look like. And then they expect mm-hmm. to have, and then I think the expectation piece is a piece of the puzzle too. You know, they see the transformations. Well, if you're only going to put in 80%, you can't expect to have a hundred percent like that, that. You can't compare yourself to the hundred percenters. You make a really good point there because when we're having intake calls with clients or coaches, right on my side, when I mentor, a lot of it is focused on what they expect to get, but it's, it's not really focused on, they never really ask like, what am I going to be expected to give up or sacrifice for? Um, so it's all about Jeff, how can you give me, you know, that 10 K month? It's not, Hey Jeff, what do I need to do to, to save and cut corners elsewhere? So I can put everything into my business. They don't, people don't think that way. And I think that's the first step. Mm -hmm. But what the fuck on people just go chasing after money? This is like not the job. I mean, like, yeah, you're going to make money if you're really good at it. If you're really, if you have an ex- expert at anything, the money is yeah. going to come. But who the fuck signs up to be a nutrition coach thinking that you're like, I'm, I'm doing this for money? No, like, <laughs> I certainly didn't. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, you, you, that's the thing. You have to do it because you love it and you love the process and not the end result because the end result might not be what you what you first dreamed of you know, could change. So it's important to fall in love with that process as as generic as that may sound, but it's so true. Did you, when you first started coaching, was, was it a full-time thing? Like, how did you, did you ease in as a side hustle? How did that all work? Yeah, it was a side hustle. I mean, I, I had my nine to five corporate, you know, financial analyst gig, um, but I love bodybuilding and I just started sharing, you know, what I was doing. People naturally started asking questions People are like, oh, can you help me look like that? I was like, oh, I'll try. I'll coach you for free and just see what you can do. And I coached a bunch of people for free, most mainly like friends and friends of friends. And then it started being a side hustle. I was making, you know, $500,000, $2,000 a month on top of my salary. And I was like, oh, cool. I can go out for dinner now. I can, you know, buy clothes and like I can, you know, have a little bit of financial freedom. Uh, and then just keep, kept on growing. And I was like, huh, maybe I can, you know, make this a real thing. So did you expect it would turn into this? No, <laughs> definitely not. I definitely did not think. My goal was not to be where I am today. My goal was just to make like an extra, maybe three, four, five thousand dollars a month on top of my, you know, already pretty comfortable, you know, eighty-five, ninety thousand dollar salary, and just to have that as spending money or extra savings. You know, mm-hmm. that was it. That's all I wanted. That's where I'm at right now. Yeah, yeah, working and coaching and just, you know, enjoying a little bit of extra and just doing it because I love doing it. Yeah. You don't have to make it a a full time career path, you know, right out the gates and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, ha- it happened really quick. Uh, well, like I think probably quicker than most. And I, mm-hmm. I, I, I like to say that I'm lucky, but I don't really think that I was lucky. I think that, I think that everything happens for a reason. Yeah. Um, but part of the reason why you and I linked up is that there were so much interest and then and my and people were banging on my door, which was an awesome problem, if you can call it to have. 
But I felt like my, you know, I was being coached by Jason at the time still, I'm pretty sure I was diving into all of the education. And I felt like, you know, in order for me to serve these people that are banging on my door best, um, Mm -hmm. I need to figure out a way to learn this stuff and I need to learn it quick. And that's Mm -hmm. where you came into play. And I'm sure they, is that, is that kind of how it happens with why people sign up for the mentorship? Is there just like, I need, I, I, you know, I need somebody to close the gap here or are you starting people from scratch? How does that all work? Yeah, it's it's both actually. So there are I prefer to take coaches on who have your pro, who had your problem where you know you're you're already coaching clients, you're just maybe not getting consistent results and you're feeling kind of like stuck or like oh am I not doing my best for these clients, but you have like clients coming to you because they're attracted to what you you represent and what your brand is. Then I have coaches who have no brand, no representation, no presentation, nothing out there. And they're literally building things from scratch. And so then the problem is how do you create a spotlight on this person, this relatively unknown person? Like, how do you get a light on them so that people go to them and see them in a positive way as a source of, of information and value? So those are two completely different strategies when I when I work on business coaching. Yeah, the the I mean the business part of it is no fucking joke, and the marketing part of it is, is yeah. no joke. There are a lot of people out there, that's for sure. But, but in my experience, the best way to advertise is to produce results. Yeah, yeah, it's you know once you start getting some some bodies through the door, so to speak, you know you can showcase them on social media. In the beginning, you know when you don't have clients, it's really about showcasing your own journey and how you can relate that journey to others. Even if you're a bodybuilder, you can take parts of that and relate that to, you know, the 45-year-old mom with like three kids who doesn't want to compete at all and thinks, you know, doing barbell curls will make her too bulky. So (laughs) you have to think about how you translate your bodybuilding experience and knowledge to that person without turning them off, offending them, or making them feel inferior or, or negative in any way. I've had um I've had a, a handful of clients say to me, um, I don't know why I'm eating this way. I don't want to be a bodybuilder. And I'm yeah. like, well, that's good because I have no idea how to help you be a bodybuilder. <laughs> that's, that's not what I do. But because I'm asking you, you to eat protein and eat real food and eat balanced meals, you right. all of a sudden decided that I've decided that you're gonna this is gonna be your career. Yeah. And I think yeah. so I think that that's probably is a misconception, but um something that you've taught me. Um, is the foundation. And I hope mm-hmm. it's okay that I bring this up. I think I actually find it was okay, but I know you got, you've gotten some heat for calling out protocol coaches. Yeah. yeah. But I, I inter like your feedback from it. I interpreted in a totally different, like I received what you posted in a totally different way. Mm-hmm. So when I read you being like, we got to get away from being so hyper-focused on protocols. I mm-hmm. read that as if somebody is going through the drive-thru at McDonald's every single day and drinking a two liter of, of sugary Coke or mm-hmm. living on protein, what, what you were talking about, protein shit the other day, protein infused shit, um, <laughs> then, to move, then it's probably not necessary for them to move into thousands of dollars of supplements and being yeah. super specific about their meal timing and their carb timing. I interpret it as if we're consider where the client is and there's probably, and this is something you really taught me, some mm-hmm. low hanging fruit foundation on foundational things to work on. And then maybe we move like there's a time and a place for the protocol, right? So that's how I interpret it. Is that how you were intending it? Of course. No, absolutely. Because, you know, I just feel like a lot of coaches who are being bombarded with 
you know, other coaches posting about technical stuff like, you know, different estrogen metabolism pathways or this test or that test that you can run or these supplements. We're always enamored by these fancy tools that are out there that could potentially help us level up as coaches and finally crack these tough cases that we want to be the ones to solve. So the focus is on problem meet solution. So the client presents an issue, you have a case that's a that's a problematic case. Well, let's try this nice, shiny, fancy, complex tool to fix the problem. But the focus then shifts on all these tools and this, this complexity that these clients can't really execute. And you lose sight of the human that's intertwined or or being dragged down by the problems. You know, there's a human being trapped in there. So as coaches, we need to focus on the human aspect and coach the emotions and the mindset and the, the coping mechanisms and all of that. Somewhere that you've really helped me as a coach is when I think we first started working together, I would describe myself as a kitchen sink coach. Um, I would, you know, people would start and I would throw a lot of supplements at them and I would want to attack every single problem because I really wanted to help them. (laughs) And now it's so funny, like years later, I don't even, most programs I write, unless there's something really specific going on, Mm -hmm. I'm literally like, we're going to eat properly. We're going to drink water. We're going to start moving your body. Mm -hmm. We're not even going to fuck around with supplements. And I'm sure Jess has seen that in my programming. Hugely. I keep it so much simpler. And then I'm like, we can always add levels, but let's get that foundation solid first. And that's something that game changer for Mm -hmm. me as a coach and obviously for the return on my clients. Yeah, the the two biggest things I think that have have led to less than satisfactory results with clients is that they they follow their meal plan or their macros or whatever you give them Monday through Friday, but the weekends they can't control their weekends, and so whatever small deficit you've created and were so consistent with can easily be wiped out if you consume a bottle of wine over Saturday and Sunday. And you have a dinner on Saturday night and a brunch on Sunday. You can say goodbye to all the hard work you did that whole week. Much like if you spent the whole week saving 500 bucks, you go out and you blow 2000. Well, you're in the hole, 1500, right? So um, that's one problem. The other issue I see is training. A lot of clients don't know how to train and don't know how to uh, actually exert the stimulus required to get muscle growing and to build strength and all of that. And so that needs to be monitored and communicated with to the coach. The coaches should be asking for training videos and keeping a close eye on that. Well, Jeff, whenever you're in the gym, I know if I, if I'm resting in between sets and I take a look around and I think about my clients that are beginners and they're nervous to go to the gym, we're yeah. all nervous to go to the gym. And we actually recorded a whole episode called mm-hmm. gym intimidation about how normal it is. But I also know that when I scan around the gym, I maybe see two or three people that are even in proper form. I'm not even paying attention to the intensity they're bringing to the exercise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that takes, you know, months, if not years to to build these connections so that you finally feel a movement for your back or like a lateral raise. You know, a lot of it, you know, people are just moving weight. They're not training their muscles. And that's another huge problem. So. Well, I view this lifestyle as a practice. And I think it's so funny because I think that when we are trying to learn any other new skill, we know we're going to suck in the beginning. 
But when it comes to this health and fitness thing, we all have this expectation that it's like, oh no, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) And it's like, no, you got to practice it. And you are going to suck for a while. Like if you came to me to learn how to golf, this is my, one of my favorite analogies. You wouldn't even be able to go play with your friends for a while. You'd be stuck at the driving range, missing the fucking ball half the time. Yep. Exactly. People need to just kind of temper their expectations a little bit and extend their timelines and understand that this is a a lifestyle that you commit to. It's not something you do temporarily. Otherwise, don't do it at all because you're just going to go right back to where you were before. If you revert to those habits. Time has come up in every single podcast, so it's so relevant. And I think that it was, it's, I mean, I think it's the hardest thing to get, to get over, but it's ultimately it takes less time. And the way I always describe it is like, you know, all right, I rode the diet merry-go-round doing dumb shit for like 20 years, Jess, for like, Jess, how long have you been doing dumb shit? Oh, probably 25 years. Something like that. Um, then I did this thing with Jason and I was I was coached by Jason for four years almost. And I was probably a little excessive. But if I tell somebody, listen, you're going to need four years for a total mind, body, soul, lifestyle transformation, they don't want to fucking do it. But if you think about it, four years for the next, you know, 50, 60, God willing, for this mm-hmm. to not be a source of pain and stress in my life and probably extend that the lifespan as well um, is like right. the best investment I've ever fucking made. Yeah, yeah. I tell a lot of my clients who are parents, it's like, think back when your child was first born. Like, there's no way to rush that process to the day where you see your son or daughter get married, you know, and you, you witness their whole life. You can't rush that process. But if as a parent, you do 70 to 80% of the things right, and you love your child to the best of your ability, chances are they'll turn out to be decent adults. So that's the same thing with like the fitness journey. Just do like 80% of it, and you keep doing it over a a long period of time, and you'll probably get to where you want to be or further. Mm Mm-hmm. You know that, uh, I don't know if I'm sure Jason said this to you before that he's like, there comes a point in time after you learn how to do it, that, so there is the learning period in the beginning, you're figuring out how to do everything that you realize that this lifestyle is a lot like groundhogs. It's the groundhog day. Yeah. It's literally the same shit every day. It is practice repetition. And when it comes to weekends, I think that you you can think of it as, you know, I got five opportunities to practice. Now I've Mm -hmm. only got two opportunities to practice the weekend. My schedule is all fucked up. I got all these things going on. So it's probably going to take you a little bit longer to nail the weekends. Right. Right. (laughs) Those are the keys though. training properly and getting your weekends right. Just as right as you have your Monday through Friday. Yeah. So I know that when a lot of people sign up for coaching, that they're that the their word coachable is is mm-hmm. thrown around a lot. Like, what do you think that? I mean, I think that's a real thing, but how would you define that? I, I think being coachable means first of all being humble and admitting that you are coming to somebody who is a subject matter expert and that they know more than you, and that you are the student and you should be quiet and learn and ask questions. Um, another thing about being coachable is respecting time, your own time and your coach's time and, you know, checking in when you're supposed to, communicating problems when you're supposed to right away rather than letting them fester and, you know, you know, staying silent out of embarrassment uh, or waiting that it's just going to go away on its own. Um, and then finally, I think being coachable is being positive with yourself and focusing on the wins that you achieve in coaching and minimizing that negative self-talk you know like you don't walk into a classroom if you're in school and saying oh i'm so stupid like i'm not going to learn anything in this class i'm just dumb you know like 
that's not a good mindset to approach education, right? So you wouldn't do the same thing in coaching. I always say I'm I'm not a boot camp style coach. So if that's what you're looking for, please don't hire me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that being mean to people is an effective way in educating them. No, no. Some, some people like that tough love, but most people, most people who say they like the tough love, when you actually do it to them, it doesn't work out well. Well, I'm direct. I'm honest, but I'm not an asshole. I'm not trying to demean you. I'm not here to judge you or shame you. I'm here to help you. And I can't help you if I don't know what's going on. Right. Exactly. Um, that I always say, like, engage, please engage in the process. <laughs> and I know. And so Jess works a lot with, um, she does a, a lot of, she's like the, the foodie here. I call her my macro magician. So she builds out meal plans and all of those things. And awesome. it's so funny. She, she can talk about, um, she knows who I'm thinking of. Um, somebody she built a plan for that, like all that didn't even review it. And Jess, I'll let you, you, uh, I'll, I'll let you elaborate I mean, on that's... the feedback piece. That situation happens a lot where we build out a whole meal plan, get it to them well in advance. Here's your shopping list. And then, you know, the day of where they're supposed to be eating the food, they're not putting things together properly. Not They, they don't have the right ingredients. They, they've got questions and changes for every meal. And I'm like, okay, well, this is an example of where you need to review your resources prior to being mealtime you know we had this to you on on saturday for for a monday start so you should have been reviewing it on saturday asking me all the questions on sunday checking mm-hmm. in with me after you went to the grocery store to let me know hey they didn't have this particular bread or this item you know what do we need to do to switch not hey i just finished this meal and i didn't do any of it correctly how are we going to fix my day now um because you know sometimes it's not so easy to you know jump in after the fact and and you know okay well now you have to have egg whites with your turkey sandwich since you didn't have them for your breakfast that doesn't you know that doesn't always go over well (laughs) yeah the play of the macro tetris is like a is an issue i'd see I think, um, you know, I personally, my approach is to put people on either like a flexible meal, flexible meal plan or an actual written meal plan. So they see what like a typical day should look like. And then I eventually teach them how to track it on their own, how to write something like that on their own in my fitness pal, or mm-hmm. even just using a notebook and pen, you know. Yeah. We essentially do, we do something similar. Um, so I think that macros can be used for good or evil and it should, and I think evil is Tetris and and if it fits your macros, because even yeah. if, even if that like, um, I'm air quoting that works for you, um, you're going to have to live and die by a fucking app every time you want to eat for the yeah. rest of your life. Yeah. You use macro counting. But so to me, learning to count macros is what's in the food that I'm eating. So I know how much to eat and I know how to, how to properly combine foods. Mm-hmm. And now, and I, you don't track your food either. Any, do you track your food right now? Yeah. Like I can, I, I haven't tracked my food in a long ass time because I went through that practice and did it for years. So I know exactly yeah. how much I need to eat. And then I'll tell you, I tracked my food a couple of weeks ago just to like, see, <laughs> Mm-hmm. To the gram on protein, to the gram on carbs, I was one and a half grams over on fat. And I was like, fuck <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Over time, I mean, if you learn how to recognize portion sizes and you're sticking to foods that are closest in their form to nature, meaning like, you know, a chicken nugget probably has many, many more steps than a chicken breast that you buy at like Whole Foods or Trader Joe's, right? Um, so the more processed something is, the more difficult it begins to be to track that stuff. 
because there's so much variation. But a chicken breast is a chicken breast, no matter where you go. So when you travel, when you dine out or whatever, you know, a cooked chicken breast that looks like four ounces, once you can recognize that, it's going to contain pretty much the same macros. Um, so that allows you to be able to calculate things in your head and not be stressed and tied to an app that every single time you put something in your mouth, you need to track it. And that's no way to live forever, I don't think. Yeah. And I think that macro counting is like so bastardized by that. If it yeah. fits your macros mentality and the amount of, and as much as I, you know, I think so, everything has a, you know, as far as supplements, those can be used for good and evil. Yeah. Um, but even the cleanest protein powder, um, you can't just fucking have that as your main source of protein. Like there are other things yeah. that are missing from that, that a chicken breast is going to have. We're like, we need to f- focus on micronutrients, quantity and quality both matter. And I think yeah. that's like one of the biggest problems in people dieting is that they're either focused on quantity or they're focused on quality not the yeah yeah Yeah. if if i would approach a client that was like you know maybe they were close to being obese and they just had horrible eating habits the first thing i would do is change their food choices so that they're not consuming all these empty calories anymore inflammatory oils and and all that stuff um, simply changing them over to healthier foods that would make a big difference. And then from there, you can start to pare down on quantity of those foods um, and take it in steps like that. So you don't think that quest protein chips are a good option? <laughs> Not to eat on a daily basis. Honestly, like even if I was traveling, I would rather go to Wendy's and get a grilled chicken sandwich and throw away the bun and eat the chicken and order a plain white baked potato that they sell. I would rather eat that than a protein bar. Wait, I have, I have, I have told people to do that on, on several occasions. So yeah, honestly, I used to love those Franken foods. That was like, I used to eat, you name it. I bought it. If if it was, it came up on my Instagram. I was trying that it's got protein in it. I'm in. Um, and I rarely have, I, I, I don't even have protein powder most of the time in my diet now. Yeah. Um, and it, and I feel so much better. And my relationship with food is so much better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember buying some protein peanut butter once it was like G G protein peanut butter. I don't know what it was, but yes, I remember that it was <laughs> like that shit too. cake batter flavored. And I, I had one tablespoon and it was like good. And then I, uh, I put it away in my fridge for like maybe like a week and it wasn't like, you know, beyond its shelf life at all. And I noticed that there was like this yellowish green, like oil that had separated from the the nut butter up top i was like what the fuck is this stuff it's like it's just all chemicals you know all the dye from like the cake batter like the sprinkles all mixed into it so it was like greenish yellow i was like this is disgusting <laughs> like why don't why am i eating this you know um, I got caught in traffic a couple, maybe, maybe it was a couple months ago at this point. I'm still traumatized. And I have like an in case of emergency protein bar. And I was sitting in traffic and I was texting Jess and Taylor. And I was like, I can't believe I'm fucking eating this right now. <laughs> it's just, I can't believe I used to eat this like every day. It's fucking disgusting. We got to swap you for some beef jerky or something in your car. Oh, man. Yeah. I, I think I had run out of that supply. I'd um, rather eat beef jerky or tuna packets. Yeah, fuck yeah. I, but it was, you know, I had some crusty protein bar and it was the only thing I had to eat at the moment. <laughs> yeah. um, I know you got another pod to record. So we've got like f- four four wrap-up questions. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, Are you ready? Yeah. So something that we see thrown around a lot, especially within the weight loss surgery community, and I've, I've asked every professional we've brought on the podcast this question for them to weigh in, okay. is that 
Obesity is a lifelong chronic disease with no cure. What mm. is your thought to that statement? With no cure? Yep. It's a let this is something that we see very often in with especially within the bariatric community. Are people saying that's, that obesity that's is a not true? I mean, we we three coaches, we know that is not true because we have successfully cured or reversed obesity. So yeah, that statement is false. Yeah, it's wild. It's uh, the, the, the things that people say, I mean, and just in general, in this industry, just the, there's so much information. And why is that also fucking terrible? I don't know. That's just that's the way the industry has always been, though, you know, oh, like, I, I know, at least within the weight loss surgery space that like, when I first got surgery, and Jess first got surgery, that there were like, no resources. None. And so we were just, we'd just be like, trying to find other people that had it to be like, what are you doing? And now yeah. there's an abundance of resources, but the quality is just so bad. And so mm -hmm. I'm hoping that in the next seven years that we can, mm -hmm. you know, keep the quantity and increase the quality. Bring yeah. rising to the top or something like that. Yeah, I agree. Jess, you got one? Yeah. Um, what would be uh, one piece of advice that you would um, give to people considering hiring a coach to guide them on their health journey? Mm, okay. Well, my my piece of advice there would be don't let expense deter you because most people I would say can find, you know, $300 a month, which is the average price, the monthly cost on hiring a, a very good coach, actually. Um, it's It's affordable. Look at your account. Look at your bank account. Guarantee you're spending that money right now on meals out, takeout, random things that you're buying at Target. If it's important to you, look at your bank account, make that commitment, and commit to spending on yourself in terms of improving your health. And that's going to have huge return on investment. So um, don't think that oh, it's too expensive. Really look into it. And don't First. hire a cheap coach because they're probably cheap for a reason. Right. Right. <laughs> Jess, you want to take the fun question? Sure, sure. Um, you could have one food and have it be calorie and consequence free. <laughs> what would that be? One food, calorie, consequence free? I'd say pizza. Mm, okay, yeah. that's the second I, for pizza. I, I do like pizza. I, I love like, you know, slightly cold pizza too. Like that's like leftover. I don't, I don't know if that's controversial or not. But yeah, it's just the, one of those things where it's like carbs, and it's like dairy and grease and salt. And every time I eat pizza, I have to eat like at least two slices. And that's enough for me to like feel bloated the next day. So if I could eat like, if I could eat half a pizza and not have my face blow up and feel like I'm retaining water, I would love that. So. Because for you, it's not even so much about the calories because you eat a shit ton of calories anyway. It's about yeah. the consequences. It's the composition of the food. Like if I dine out, I can sense like I'm holding more water and I feel like sluggish and so that's inflammation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you're the bomb. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Um, of course. Give us an idea of like where people can find you. Sure. Um, so on Instagram, uh, my handle is first call out fitness. Obviously there's a website too, first call fitness.com um, on Facebook. It's just Jeffrey Sue. Everything I post is public. So if you want to look at some transformations, you know, get some free information or whatever, I'm always posting random stuff that might be helpful from a technical and a business perspective.
And I think that you're probably the only person I've ever met that could give me a run on my run for my money on response times. Yeah, I'm pretty quick. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I've always been that way. I feel like, you know, at a certain point, all the good coaches have like the same level of knowledge from there. What differentiates you is personality and customer care. Yeah, I totally agree. And from, uh, you know, just I, I, as we say, you know, we learn from our own experiences. I would always find it frustrating that I would have to wait. Like if I had to hold all my questions till check-in, I would have like a list on my phone and I would check in with like a list every week, which was yeah. fine, but it sucked if I checked in on Monday and then I had a question on Tuesday and I couldn't make the adjustment to my diet until the next week or something, you know, for, for and that. And so I think that that um, I call my, we call ourselves concierge coaches for that reason. And you, you absolutely have that level of service as well, which I appreciate being your mentee. Yeah. Yeah. Response times are, are helpful because also people who just start off on a journey, whether it's coaching a client or coaching a coach, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of insecurity and that quick response time alleviates a lot of that. And that is very, very valuable. Just being a human being, you want your concerns heard and taken care of. So. Yeah, I totally agree. Well, if you flip it back on the coach end, um, I know for me that I I feel sometimes too much pressure to respond lightning fast, mm, yeah. um, and that I've had to set some boundaries there as well. So for the, I'm sure for the yeah. coaches that you coach, that you have to advise on that as well. Of like, yeah, be quick, but you know, you can finish your set before. You yeah, there's a there's a fine line there. You know, like my my operating hour is like 12 hours a day, Monday through Thursday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Fridays, I just end my day at five. On weekends, it's like by appointment only, but I still answer some stuff. You know, it just depends on what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, we will add all of your information. And, well, Jess will. I'm not going to pretend like I'm going to do anything. <laughs> Jess is going to add it to the show notes in case anybody wants to contact you. Um, right. And maybe I can convince you to come back on and talk a little science next time because uh, yeah. Jeff is the scientist of, uh, that's why I can keep him on board. <laughs> whatever whatever topic you guys want to dive into, I can, I can probably do it on the fly. So just let me know. Yeah, that would be awesome. And also, I think it's worth mentioning your, are your classes on sale right now? Yeah, yeah. So for people who want to learn about women's health, um, macros, cycle syncing, any of that stuff, I do have courses that are self-paced, video recordings that you can watch along with the slides and materials. It's like six classes, 12 hours of material for 500 bucks. Yeah, that's a sick deal too. Yes. All right, we'll include all of that in the notes and um, and that's a wrap. Thank you guys for listening right. to the Been There Lost Fat podcast. Our motto here is do it right so you only have to do it once. Thank you both.